0: The advice and informational content does not necessarily represent the views of Mother's Market and Kitchen. Mother's recommends consulting your health professional for your personal medical condition. Hello, I'm Kimberly King, and welcome to the Mother's Market podcast, a show dedicated to the truth, beauty, and goodness of the human condition. On today's show, we delve back into the wonderful world of mushrooms. Did you know that different types of mushrooms can help with anxiety, stress, and give you more energy? Stay tuned and learn how a simple mushroom supplement can enhance your health. Plus, later we'll tell you what's going on around town and what's new at Mother's Market. But first up, Dr. Mark Kaler has been involved in the natural products industry for over 40 years, including retail, manufacturing, formulating, and private practice. He studied a variety of traditional healing approaches, including Eastern and Western herbalism, naturopathy nutrition, and shamanism. Mark brings an eclectic perspective to the conversation with an emphasis on education and a truly holistic orientation. And we welcome him back to the Mother's Market Podcast. Mark, how are you?
1: I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me back.
0: It's great to see you. And why don't you fill our audience a little bit on your mission and your work before we get to today's show topic?
1: Yeah, actually that mission topic could be a very long conversation here, but I've been involved in natural products industry for over 40 years, as you mentioned, and I actually kind of backed into it. I was getting my PhD in sociology. The plan was to go on and teach at a university level and do all that. And somehow, I you know I took a job part time in a health food store to help pay you know cover some of the bills and put food on the table while I was going to grad school. And it just woke me up to this wonderful world of natural health and holistic healing and things. And from there, it's just been kind of one step after another. Obviously, I didn't go into my PhD you know finish up my PhD program and go into teaching. Um, but I've had the chance to study with a lot of traditional healers. Um, gathering information from as many cultures and approaches as possible to really try to approach our our health, our healing in a very holistic manner, Um, honoring these uh, really ancient traditions that I think are filled with wisdom that don't necessarily have double-blind, placebo-controlled studies behind them, (laughs) but I think are extraordinarily useful. And I'm now starting a nonprofit organization called uh, Radiant Health Project, and the idea is to move us away from, I think, the disease orientation that we have in our society today, to one about focusing on health rather than always focusing on healing. So, you know, why wait for the cold? Why wait for the flu? Heaven forbid, why wait for cancer before we wake up? Let's do what we can do to really maximize our health and vitality and really be, you know, the best you you can possibly be. Because I really believe that we... Pretty much all of us operate at suboptimal levels, whether it's because of stress or diet or not enough sleep or whatever it may be. So that's what radiant health is all about.
0: I love it. Good for you. And and good luck with your your new new nonprofit. Uh, I wanted to uh, also talk to you about today we're talking about medicinal mushrooms, which is something I know we've spoken to you about in the past. Uh, And briefly, too, I just want to say you really are using, I know you wanted to go to school to teach, but look at, you teach, you have been teaching the world about Oh,
1: absolutely. And, uh, you know, there's a a hunger and a need out there. I mean, I get people who just, you know, will hear a podcast like this and they'll track me down and call me and Mm -hmm. say, you know, I got a mother, brother, sister, whatever, who's dying from something that, you know, medicine doesn't have treatments for. What can we do? So... Uh, There's certainly a need and, and a hunger out there for this information.
0: Well, and your passion comes through. Many of our listeners, I imagine, probably don't associate mushrooms with medicine. But you have helped us in the past. But could you do this again? And that is dispel some of the myths associated with medicinal mushrooms.
1: Yeah, I think mushrooms is an interesting category because when you say mushrooms to somebody, what what runs through your mind's eye? You know, a little stem with a little cap on it, Cut and it that's up, a mushroom. put it
0: in your salad, but right? There are mm-hmm. teeny
1: tiny mushrooms that are almost microscopic. Mm-hmm. There's the largest organism on the planet is a mushroom growing in Oregon. Uh, so visually, it's very different from what we think. And, and a lot of them don't even have that stem and cap. Some of them have layers. Some of them look like coral. Some of them look like they came from outer space. So uh, just the visual element of it is very different. I think really the biggest myth is that they're not medicine. You know, again, it's a topping on a pizza. It's something we throw on top of our salads. It may surprise people to know that humankind has been using medicine, or mushrooms as medicine, for five, 6,000 years. So they're some of humankind's oldest medicines. And in the last 75 years or so, they're also some of the best researched uh, natural remedies that are out there. So I think that's kind of some of the biggest myths. And then you run into the mushrooms, well, they're poisonous. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, only a few of them are are concerned that way. And if someone's growing them, we know that they're not the poisonous mushrooms. Right, right. So that's not, you know, a really big concern in that regard. And then people even who are familiar with mushrooms always think of them as immune, 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 immune. I mean, you go into any health food store and you ask, you know, I'm looking for a medicinal mushroom. And it's either in the immune section or it's right beside the immune section. Uh, and I think people may be surprised that uh, they do so many things beyond that for the brain, for the lungs, for the liver, for kidneys, I, I think for longevity, um, y- you name it, there's a mushroom that's probably beneficial for it. So That's what I was just
0: going to ask you. So you just kind of tapped a little bit into that. So there literally is a mushroom for everything.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the reishi mushroom has probably, I-, I think I've listed like 100 benefits for that mushroom. So uh, there's certainly a lot out there that uh, we're not aware of. We're discovering things more and more. Um, You know, so it's an interesting, exciting time to see what, you know, combining that long tradition and, you know, that ancient knowledge that we have, combining with all the, you know, the new science that's coming out. It's kind of exciting.
0: So can you give some examples of uh, perhaps, I don't know if there are uh, people that specifically you worked with or you say reishi mushrooms. That seems to be like maybe... People may have heard about a reishi mushroom, and that kind of kind of covers everything, maybe. I don't know. That's what I've heard specifically. But um, specific mushrooms for each ailment.
1: Well, you know, I mean, there are so many ailments that we have, we have to run through. But <laughs> right. I'll use reishi mushroom as a good example. Again, I've been tracking the research on it, and I'm now at about 100 benefits for it. Wow! I, I've actually coined the phrase tonic for the 21st century for reishi because I think it is the number one perfect remedy for those of us living in this day and age. The number one killer in America is heart disease. Mm-hmm. Reishi is wonderful for heart disease. Lowers blood pressure, lowers triglycerides, can help with cholesterol levels. Uh, the number two killer in America is what? Cancer. Reishi has a number of benefits preventatively, therapeutically, recovery as an adjunct treatment in cancer treatments. Uh, and you know what's probably one of the biggest causes of disease in our society? Stress. Mm-hmm. I mean, who's not experiencing more stress than we would prefer to? Right. Reishi is a wonderful stress tonic, so it has benefits for that. But then you got a mushroom like lion's mane, which was used traditionally primarily for, as a chi tonic for overall health and energy and for the digestive tract. The research has suggested lately that it's really good for the brain. Um, there are studies with Alzheimer's and dementia for it. There are about a half dozen case studies with it for schizophrenia that have literally turned people's lives around. Wow. So we don't, again, it, you know, gets back to that myth that, you know, here's this little <laughs> fungus growing on a log someplace and it's taken somebody's schizophrenia, which is virtually untreatable, and turn it around and give them their life back. So, uh, you know, I, I don't want to use the word miraculous, but it is truly amazing. Uh, and I, and I think we're really just tapping you know the tip of the iceberg as far as their healing potential.
0: What is how are they taking this um, the reishi mushrooms? What is the is it in the form of a supplement? What can you go through that process?
1: Sure, and and that's actually really important how you take it. Mushrooms are very oftentimes very very difficult to digest, particularly the reishi mushroom. So if you would tap on the reishi mushroom, it's going to sound like you're tapping on this table. It's like a piece of balsa wood. So you don't think of taking that, throwing that in a fry pan or in a stew and cooking that baby up because you'd be eating a piece of wood. Wow. Uh, so you need to make that bioavailable and accessible to the body, and the way you do that is you extract it, and you extract it properly. Reishi needs to be extracted in hot water and in alcohol to pull out all the constituents to it. So each mushroom really needs to be you know, grown in a specific manner that's tailored to it, and then it needs to be processed in a manner that's going to make it accessible to the human body.
0: Where is reishi from? Is it from China? Reishi,
1: reishi grows all over the place. It does grow in China, grows in Europe. Uh, you'll find reishi growing along the Gulf Coast in the U.S. Um, there's uh, other types of you know similar species, Ganoderma species, that you'll find in the northwest and further north and things like that. But it's a fairly well-distributed Although it's not one of those mushrooms that you'll find a whole patch of. You don't find the fairy rings of Reishi or something like that. (laughs) And Uh, that's funny you say the
0: fairy rings because you think of them living underneath those mushrooms. Right. 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 Um, So do you have a a favorite? I know this because this is your your passion and this is what you've done a lot of research with. But are there so many different kinds of it?
1: Yeah, I, I gave it away. <laughs> early. I know. I kind of
0: get that feeling. Tell me about another mushroom. I
1: get. I actually get scolded sometimes because somehow I always bring Reishi into the conversation. That's, so I do a number of radio interviews for different companies, and I still somehow, whatever I'm talking about, Reishi gets fit into well, it. I th- so I think
0: it. Mark, it's interesting that you described that Reishi is as hard as a table that we're. we're discussing this on. So, so I think that's interesting. Um, and all kinds of mushrooms, not the typical kind, but they're all different. What is the complete opposite of another one that that is also is curing things out here?
1: Well, lion's mane mushroom would be a good example okay, of that. Right. Again, a very unusual looking thing. It's got these long white tentacles to it. You know, you don't, it looks nothing like your typical uh, mushroom does. And it can actually be fairly large. It can be, you know, several pounds and a couple feet across, it's, it's white, uh, again, a stark, you know, really beautiful white. So, again, it looks very, very different. And its benefits are, you know, for these brain and neurological-related conditions. And these aren't things that we normally have associated uh, the benefits of mushrooms with.
0: I'm interested, and you may mm-hmm. or may not know all of this, but how are, who are farming all of these in different areas? They're all over, right? I mean, so there are specific mushroom farmers in China, in the Gulf, Absolutely.
1: Well, China's the number one grower of, of mushrooms worldwide. I think they probably do 90% of the mushrooms. Most of the mushrooms in the U.S., unfortunately, are just the button mushroom, which has some health benefits, mm-hmm. but not nearly as much as like reishi and lion's mane and some of these other ones. So we're a little slower to, to pick up on it. But some of these mushroom growers, there's a really large mushroom grow outside of Philadelphia. Hmm. And you can drive through by their hothouses where they grow their mushrooms You can drive for, you know, two or three miles, and it's nothing but mushrooms. So they grow literally tens of thousands of pounds of mushroom on a monthly basis. I mean, there are growers that grow millions of pounds on a monthly basis. So it's not like, you know, just something you set up in your back room, which is another thing. I mean, it's easy to grow yourself. I mean, you can buy logs that are impregnated with shiitake spores, so you can harvest your own shiitake. So it's really the, you know, the uh, simplest as possible. And, you know, just spraying it with a little squirt bottle to really these elaborate, massive systems that grow, you know, millions of tons of these things.
0: And so maybe depending on what you're, if you're battling, uh, well, say lion's mane, if you have Alzheimer's or something, you could really potentially have lion's mane growing behind. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Some mushrooms are a lot easier to grow. You know, I mentioned shiitake logs just because they're probably one of the easiest ones to grow. All you need to do is keep them moist and in the right environment. Uh, There's a real art to growing things like lion's mane, uh, reishi, uh, the maitake mushroom. So those take a lot of, uh, of effort, in particular skill, uh, and sometimes even you know conditions where you have to change the humidity and temperature and things of that sort.
0: So we talked a little bit about the benefits of reishi, but who would benefit from taking reishi?
1: Yeah, again, you can probably guess my answer is, and it's basically everybody. everybody. Um, you know, one of the, the names for it is the mushroom of immortality. Hmm. Well, who's not looking to live longer? I mean, <laughs> right? I, I, I rarely meet someone who doesn't want to live longer. If they don't want to live longer, then there are some other things that need to be dealt with. Uh, so, it, you know, it, it, it's something that I think is useful for everybody. Uh, it's a tonic for the brain, the lungs, the liver, the kidneys, the adrenals. Uh, helps with sleep.
0: Hmm.
1: Uh, helps with memory. Um has wonderful elements for stress levels. Um, it's considered a Shen tonic. And shin is the emotional, spiritual center of the body. Mm. Again, there's a lot of disturbance to that. Before the show, we were just talking about how there's a lot of anxiety issues with kids yes. today. Reishi wonderful to help with that kind of disturbance and imbalance. So it does so many things that are all about balancing to the body. And that's the one word that I think sums up Reishi best is it's balancing. And again, who can't use a little more balance in their
0: lives? Of course. Uh, so what about when you try to balance a reishi with another mushroom? What do, you, do you have a favorite there? Or what I've got what plenty of mushrooms. Okay, so I figured you the,
1: might. My second favorite or one I think works really well with reishi. And if someone is asking me, you know, I don't want to take a lot of supplements. What should I take? I say take cordyceps first thing in the morning and take reishi at night before you go to bed. Cordyceps is, uh, in nature, it's actually a fungus that grows out of the head of a caterpillar.
0: Okay, wait, wait, wait. Say that again. What is it?
1: It's a fungus that grows out of the head of a caterpillar.
0: Who would ever have thought about something? <laughs> and like there's that? a good
1: story for that. I'm glad I you asked me that. I figured you may have. And that. it grows at like 8,000 feet up in the Himalayan mountains. And the the claim to fame, or how supposedly it came about, was uh, the herders in the Himalayan mountains would be at lower climbs during the you know the cold months because there's too much snow and things up north. But when the snows would melt, they'd all bring the the yak and the cattle further you know, further up higher in the mountains. And what they noticed is that the yak would, like, root through the grasses looking for something. They would eat it, and then they would get really frisky and randy and things. <laughs> so the, the part of the story I don't get is, for some reason, they told the monks. I don't know why you'd tell that to monks, to but monk. other than to torture them. I
0: know, right? uh,
1: And the monks eventually got back to the imperial palace, and they started looking at it and exploring it and incorporating it in traditional Chinese medicine. But that's how it actually got started. I call it a yakodesiac. And interesting enough, there are actually three clinical studies showing for hyposexuality, meaning low sex drive, uh, low functioning, you know, for older individuals, that cordyceps actually is a really wonderful remedy. It's, you know, it's not like the little blue pill that people are going to run out. It's not for the 20-year-old who wants to be a Superman in, you know, the bedroom. But it's a legitimate remedy for older individuals who may have uh, functional issues or libido issues and things of that sort. And I don't want to limit just that to the cordyceps. If I talk about that yang fire, uh, cordyceps is always about fire, drive, motivation, movement. And you know, when we reach for a cup of coffee in the morning, what are we really reaching for? Fire, Higher, drive, drive, motivation. motivation right. But this does it in a healthier manner. It's not going to deplete your adrenals. It's actually going to strengthen your adrenals. So I like starting the day with that cordyceps. Um, it also strengthens the heart function, improves uh, uh, oxygen uptake by the lungs. In fact, it's used by mountain climbers at high altitude so they can utilize oxygen better. Uh, It's the best kidney tonic I know of out there, and I think it's a legitimate uh, longevity aid. I don't like the word anti-aging, but to help us live a a longer, better life, I think it's legitimate in that regard. So start your day with that fire and drive, and then end it with reishi, calming, soothing, relaxing, helping the body detoxify, balancing after all the disturbances of the day. So it's really like a, a perfect... Uh, you know, balanced mix that covers every aspect of your body from the micro level all the way up to systemically.
0: Yin-Yang sort of thing. So start with the cordyceps, end with the reishi. Interesting information, and I love the stories. Uh, Right now, we need to take a quick break, but more in just a moment with Dr. Mark Kaler. Don't go anywhere. We will be right. Looking for healthier snack options? Mother's Market sources organic and non-GMO small batch, high-quality, great-tasting nuts, dried fruits, snacks, and candy. The goal? To provide you the highest in quality snacks while also offering high nutritional value. And Solaray delivers support every step of the way with Her Life Stages. The first-of-its-kind comprehensive new supplement line offers doctor-formulated solutions at each stage with clinically-backed ingredients you can count on. Own the stage. Buy Solarray at Mother's Market today. Welcome back to the Mother's Market podcast. And we want to remind you that if you missed any portion of today's show, you can find us on iTunes by searching Mother's Market or download the show from our website, mothersmarket.com. Click the link for podcast and listen to past shows. Plus, download our healthy recipes and money savings coupons, all available at mothersmarket.com. And now back to our interview with Dr. Mark Kaler. And we're talking about medicinal mushrooms, and this is great information and uh, Dr. Mark, the immune support, as you mentioned, is the most popular use for medicinal mushrooms. Is there one that stands out in this regard?
1: Yeah, well, I think all mushrooms, or pretty much all mushrooms, certainly the ones that we use and know of in the U.S. have you know, have immune-benefiting elements to them. There's something like three or 400 mushrooms that have been tested in labs showing they benefit the immune system. And there's like six or 700 mushrooms that have been shown to have anti-tumor actions to them. Hmm. But I think in this area, there's one mushroom that stands out in that regard, and that's the Mitaki mushroom. Uh, More specific, it's called the Maitake D-fraction. And what that is, it's a concentration of a specific beta-glucan found in that mushroom, uh, which has all these wonderful immune benefits to it. And there are a couple of comparative studies. One compared 28 different mushrooms. They found out the Maitake had the strongest anti-tumor action to it. Uh, I want to be really clear. I'm not saying it's a cure for cancer. Um, I always tell people, if someone says they have a cure for cancer, turn around and run away. Is it a useful and promising element to bring into, I think, our protocols? Yeah, absolutely. I think the research supports that. So to increase numbers of immune cells, it'll increase activity of those immune cells. It may improve overall functioning of the immune system. So basically you have more troops that are more capable and more able to do what they're doing, which is go around and gobble up invading cells, whether it be a virus or cancer cell, whatever it be, or prevent them from happening in the first place. Uh, And I think it just does that better than anything else. And Uh, What's interesting is they've actually done studies where they've compared injected quality versus oral quality, and they're almost identical, and that's very unusual that you find any sort of drug or any substance that uh, when you take it orally is just as effective when we're injecting it, so since in this country we're going to be taking it orally, uh, you know, it's nice to know that it works just as well as uh, you know some of the other forms might be.
0: I think it's interesting that they tested it that way, but they they're doing that when they inject it because it's faster in your system and, and then so you're talking about when they inject that that D, is that what you're saying? so right. they, uh, but uh, but it's just as effective orally.
1: Yeah, it's uh, I mentioned it's a beta glucans, and mm-hmm. we've known about beta glucans for like seventy five years that they have these wonderful benefits. But the issue with beta glucans is uh, it's basically a series of sugars what happens to sugar when it gets into our digestive tract, it breaks it down to smaller compounds. The problem is those smaller compounds may not have those same benefits that the large, you know, larger compound has. So they've known and they've had problems with it because orally, a lot of beta-glucans just are not particularly effective. So that's why they did the work to find out whether it actually works uh, orally as well as injected.
0: Oh, well, that's good to know. Can um, maitake D fraction, can it be used as with conventional treatments?
1: Yeah, and that's one of the other nice things about it. I, I say it plays well with conventional treatments, um, particularly with cancer treatments. It has a protective element to both chemo and radiation. Uh, while chemo and radiation do some things you want them to do, they also do some things you don't want them to do. They're not necessarily as selective as we would like them to be, and that's why uh, those therapies come with so many side effects is because they also attack healthy cells, whether they be bone cells, uh, cells line your digestive tract, you know, a number of different types of... Fast turnover cells. So, with the mitaki, what they found is actually it decreases the negative side effects, hair loss, pain, nausea, vomiting, uh, decreases red and white blood cells. All those things improve quite significantly when you take the mitaki defraction in conjunction with chemo. The other thing that was interesting about it about three or four different chemotherapy agents have been tested with the mitaki defraction, and they actually found that it potentiated the chemotherapy meaning the chemotherapy killed more cancer cells when you took it with the mitaki diffraction than when you took the chemo there and when you took the chemo by itself wow so it can decrease the negative side effects it can boost your body's own immune responses uh, and then it protects against you know uh, that deficiency in the immune system which those treatments can come along with uh, so it's, you know, it's protective, it works well with it, and then it gets your body to do what it's supposed to be doing.
0: Wow, that is very promising. And this, is, um, this has been tested with, throughout all kinds of cancer treatments. Yeah, there have
1: been a number. Obviously, there's too many types of cancers to test with, but, but the most common cancers, breast cancer, prostate cancer, uh, lung cancer, it's been tested with. Melanoma, which is a, a difficult cancer to treat, uh, it has a, a pretty good record in that regard, I think like a 33% uh, improvement rate with that, which is pretty pronounced in that uh, pancreatic cancer. It was actually compared to uh, chemotherapy in one study. And while it only helped one out of the five people, that's better than, you know, what Western medicine did, which was zero out of, of, mm-hmm. out of five. So um, I, and again, I think, it, you know, if you use it properly, not as a standalone with the right diet, with the right lifestyle changes, with the other supplements that you need to do with it, it it's just really key. You, you can't you can't say enough how important it is to get our immune system functioning the way it should be in the world that we live in today.
0: That's so true. Uh, does the maitake mushroom, that, does it offer other benefits besides immune boosting?
1: Yeah, absolutely. There was, a, a, ironically, we talk about lion's mane for the brain and things. There was a recent study showing that the maitake actually had some neuroprotective benefits to it, which is, you know, kind of out of the out of left field type thing. But there's another compound in there, which is called the SX fraction, which they discovered uh, and that was kind of interesting. What was happening is cancer patients were taking the mitaki uh, to help with their cancer treatments, and they were calling the company back up saying, "Hey, I'm a diabetic. I, I don't need as much insulin. You know, I'm, I'm not using as many drugs and things. My blood sugar is better. Is there anything going on here?" And the initial response was, "No, it's just coincidental. Don't stop doing what you're doing." Uh, and that actually, well, eventually, you know, we better do some research on it. And they did some research uh, initially at Georgetown University by Dr. Proust. And he found out this compound in the maitake mushroom called SX fraction uh, effectively lowered both blood sugar and insulin. And the the key word there is both blood sugar and insulin. There are lots of natural remedies that lower blood sugar, but the way they lower blood sugar is by increasing insulin levels. That's not a good thing to do in the long run. You know, we get overly focused on blood sugar, but it's the high high insulin levels that creates the problems long-term down the line. It's pro-growth, pro-cancer. Uh, aging it, it causes all sorts of problems in the body. So the fact that it actually uh, improves the cell's response to sh- to insulin, so insulin is taken up by the cells, burned as fuel, and used as it's supposed to be, or the sugar is, uh, and that's called insulin sensitivity. So that seems to be the primary uh, mechanism with, with, with which uh, the SX fraction works in this regard.
0: So once you start taking these um, mushrooms, then the hope is that you would continue. This is, as you say, a lifestyle change. And um, the benefits have been that these are the rewards that you're seeing, especially if you have an ailment or if you have. I know it's not a cure for cancer, as you said, but um, the the hope is that you would continue on taking these uh, different, the reishi mushrooms, the maitake mushrooms, or um, the, all the kind of mushrooms that we've been discussing um, to help with the immune system and, and anything else that's going on. Yeah, so absolutely.
1: And this is what Radiant Health is all about. It's getting back to this idea that we don't have to be sick to be taking these things to, to maximize our health and vitality. And that's happened with so many people. We see these people start eating properly, taking supplements, and doing the right things because they're dealing with a health crisis of some sort. When that crisis is over, ideally you want to keep going with this stuff so these issues don't come back again. We know cancer, you know many types of cancer come back mm-hmm. within just a few years, even sometimes in, in a few months and things. So the best thing to do is to you know, learn these things, learn how to be healthy, do the things you're supposed to be doing, take the supplements you need to take, and then just keep taking it.
0: And then how long until you feel a benefit once you start taking these
1: Yeah, really it's going to be an individual thing. I mean, I've had people like with the cordyceps mushroom who take it one time and it's like, whoa, you know, I'm <laughs> looking forward to my day and I'm ready to go. Other people can take a little longer. It just depends on what's going on with the body. If you've depleted your body, if your adrenals are run down... You know, if your idea of breakfast is a cup of coffee with 18 spoonfuls of sugar Mm -hmm. with a Dunkin' Donut dunked into the coffee, um, you know, it's going to take a lot longer for the body to respond in that regard. So it really depends on the individual, what's going on with them, depends on the mushroom that you're looking at, Uh, depends on what action you're looking for, you're looking for an immune response. Well with mitaki defraction, you'll see differences if you do blood tests within, you know, hours. Oh, uh, that's, you
0: know, that's a good point. A couple
1: point. of days. But oh. like with the lion's mane mushroom I was talking about, one of the things I really like about that is a brain remedy. It's the fastest acting brain remedy that I know of out there. I see a difference within a day. I know other people feel it within two or three days. Most brain formulas take four weeks at least before you really start noticing significant differences with it. Uh, with the, the amylobin product, which is the, the strongest lion's mane product out there. You'll notice a difference within the first couple of days. Just a little sharper, a little quicker. You know, things are just coming back a little faster and easier.
0: And um, you had said something about a blood test or something. So, in order to start taking the, the mushroom supplements, um, are should should we? have someone come alongside us to do this and how much should we be taking or will it say or yeah i don't think
1: you need a lot of tests just to get going on remember some of these things have been foods and we've been using them for literally thousands of years maitake uh, is a delicious food you ever get a chance to cook with it i highly recommend any chance of eating maitake that you get Uh, so you know in a sense you know some of these are medicinal foods I don't think you necessarily need a whole lot of uh, blood tests or any other work before you start taking them.
0: Okay, and then um, kids, so at w- should kids be taking mushrooms? or at what point should what age?
1: Yeah, I, again, I think it depends on the individual and tends to, depends on the mushroom. Um, I don't tend to like to give uh, general recommendations. My cutoff point is kind of at age two and up mm-hmm. you can start generally incorporating a lot of these uh, type of remedies. Mushrooms since they tend to have tonic actions and things like that. Um, you know, they're pretty safe and, and secure in that regard. You just, you know, adjust the dose, obviously, accordingly. That doesn't mean younger kids may not benefit from taking, like, the Mitaki defraction when they get a cold or flu. Uh, it's just that, you know, you need probably some supervision and guidance in those situations. So, you know, two or three year, years and up, I think most of these tonic remedies are generally pretty safe.
0: And then there are a lot of different mushroom products and companies out there right now. Are they all pretty much the same, or are they significant differences?
1: Yeah, and that's the thing. In the the mushroom category, people think mushrooms, all mushrooms are the same. They look the same. They all pretty much do the same thing, immune system, which we now know they do a lot more than that. Um, But there are huge differences between the different mushroom companies, um, how they're grown, which makes a big difference. And I use the analogy of tomatoes. A hothouse tomato versus a nice heirloom tomato grown in nice, rich soil. You tell me which you like, which has better flavor, which has a better consistency, mm-hmm. uh, which is more nutritious, which is energetically better. Uh, so what you grow them on makes the, all the difference in the world. With mushrooms, most of these mushrooms grow on wood, uh, some sort of wood substrate, logs, things of that sort. Uh, mushroom wisdom grows like the reishi on logs. Another mushroom they do is actually a mushroom that grows on the roots of, of a pine tree. So what they do, they actually take pine logs, impregnate them with the poria, and then bury them in the ground and let them grow. Hmm. There's a trend uh, among a lot of the mushroom companies though to do quick and easy and fast and cheap, and that is take rice, throw the spores in with rice, grow them in a hothouse, and in two to three weeks you harvest uh, you know that mycelium versus growing them on their natural food source in a, an environment that is natural to them, under conditions that are natural to them, you know, not controlled conditions, uh, eating the food that they would normally be eating, being stressed like they would be in the wild. Uh, so that's, I think, a, a big difference there. And then whether they're extracted or not. Mushrooms are not well digested. There's a fiber-like compound in there called chitin. You need an enzyme called chitinase to digest that. The human body produces an irrelevant mm-hmm. amount of that. So when we eat mushrooms, we don't get a lot of the nutrition out of them just because we don't break them down particularly well. So they have to be extracted uh, properly. Uh, and then as a practitioner, I like companies that go out and support their products with research. Right. Uh, and I really commend Mushroom Wisdom for going out and spending literally millions of dollars on studies with cancer, or adjunct treatment for cancer. Um, there are a half a dozen case studies with the amylobin product for schizophrenia. Um, you know, so they're going out and you know, putting their money behind and trying to support it with that research.
0: Really quickly, um, I know now because I've been speaking to you and with all this behind the research with mushroom wisdom, but to the average person that's looking into taking mushroom supplements, how will they know that uh, how it's grown or how they know how it's
1: Yeah, you're not going you to know to, just by looking at the bottles. Right? Just look for the brand mushroom wisdom would be one way to do that. But, yeah, that's mm-hmm. unfortunate that's the case. And there was a study that was actually published, a third-party peer review published in a, a scientific journal, in the last year or so, they actually analyzed 25 mushroom products that are sold uh, in stores around the country, 20 of them tested with no reishi in them at all. Really? And unfortunately, one of those companies that tested no reishi at all is the best-selling reishi in the marketplace. (laughs) Wow. So thankfully, you know, Mushroom Wisdom's reishi was one of the five that actually passed it. So these are things you don't necessarily know. You know, that's why I encourage people to get to know the company, Mm -hmm. what's behind them, how they do some of these things. Uh, And then you get a better sense, I think, of what they're about and what they're going to produce.
0: Sure. Ask questions always. Well, uh, thank you so very much for your time, Dr. Mark. Some great advice, and we really appreciate your knowledge. And we look forward to having you on again. In the meantime, you can get more information on Mark. And the website is RadiantHealthProject.com. And learn more about his approach and his unique perspective on healthy lifestyles. We look forward to your next visit.
1: Thanks. It's a pleasure.
0: Thank you.